Hey everyone, Julie and I appreciate you so much for tuning in to our first episode of the podcast. Hey, wanted to ask you the biggest favor right off the bat. I know we're asking for it early, but if there's any way that you can safely pull out your phone right now, please do and press that subscribe button and leave us a quick review, even if it's just an emoji or something. By doing that with us being a young podcast, if we can get a lot of reviews, a lot of subscriptions early on, then we'll be able to reach more people because they're going to think we're a a quick growing podcast. You know how algorithms work. So uh, Julie and I would appreciate that so much. We're going to do our best to share our stories, and we would love to reach the most amount of people that we can. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, a.k.a. Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. In today's episode, Julie and I will both introduce ourselves and share our story, and then we'll talk unexpected benefits of sobriety that we experienced. So let's get into it. We appreciate you joining, and let's go. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry-go-round, but things ain't merry when you're going through the motions. Fulfillment lies in emotions, so why go through life unavailable? You're cool, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. At least that's what it's named right now as we're recording this first episode that could change. Um, I'm Blazik, Sober Guy Journal on TikTok. I am Julia, also known as that one sober friend on TikTok. And assuming if you're listening to the podcast that you know us from TikTok, that's that's <laughs> what I'm assuming. So we do appreciate you hopping over to the podcast platform. Um, to be honest, we didn't really plan this at all. We just kind of <laughs> hopped on here, came up with an idea. But I think that's best to let things flow naturally. So um what, what we did have in mind was to do a little introductions, let Julia tell you who she is, I'll tell you who I am, and then we will speak about um, unexpected benefits of sobriety. So that's kind of the agenda we have, and I'm just going to hand it off to Julia here. Sounds good. So like always, um, I'm going to try my best to condense this story into a short story, but I tend to struggle with that. So let's give it a go. Um I started drinking when I was about 14 or 15. That was very typical for my hometown. Um, It was kind of around the same age that like everybody else was starting to drink. But I will say in high school, drinking didn't completely take over my social life. I still had friends that I would hang out with and we would do other activities besides drinking. Um, So that's just one detail I like to mention when it comes to high school. If we fast forward to college, that's when that shift really changed. It was pretty much every social event that I was going to was accompanied with booze. Um, And that was just a typical thing for not only my college, but I feel like most colleges in America um, tend to have that same uh, trend. So yeah, college is a little bit of a blur, um, but I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I was still a very good student, um, so I wouldn't say that that's when my drinking was at its worst, but if we fast forward to me graduating college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I had to make money, <laughs> so I was in the service industry, and this is when things got a little out of hand, I would say. Um, I think that's going to be a, a very popular line, Julia. I got in the service industry, and that's when things started to change. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was just like so normal for us to work every day, 
usually every day was hard. And then I would drink with my coworkers. That was just a typical thing. Um, was I blacking out every time? No, but I would say that it was often, um, that was something that I struggled with when I was drinking. Um, and that lasted probably about two years. I graduated college in 2017. So if we're up to now around 2019, that's when I decided to quit the service industry and I got a more nine to five, 40 hour work week. I was working in an office um, and my drinking significantly slowed down when it came to that. I was pretty much only drinking on the weekends. And if we even want to fast forward to as of very recently in 2021, which my sobriety date is October 31st of 2021, um, I was really only drinking about once a week. It was usually either a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, although I was drinking um, pretty sporadically and not that often though, um, it was having such a huge effect on my life and I didn't realize it for a really long time. Um, it wasn't until fall of 2021 that I really started to connect the dots that this habit of mine is not only taking away my, you know, my memories of my Friday or Saturday night, it was also taking away, you know, the happiness and the motivation that I had on Sunday through Wednesday. And so that's half of my week. And when I first decided to take a break from alcohol, I realized how much my life dramatically changed. So I initially took a 30 day break. Um, I ended up drinking again after that actually a couple of times. Um, but yes, as I said before, October 31st um, was the day. Nothing really dramatic happened on October 30th. Um, but I just woke up that day and I realized that sobriety was the decision that I was going to make going forward. And it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life. So that's me. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Um, that's your story and you're sticking to it, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, your turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on for me. Like what you said about stealing half your week, that's like, so that's, that's something that feels like it's kind of overlooked. Um, and maybe it's different for everyone too, because like, I can only speak to my experience, but like piggybacking off of what you said there, I for sure. What's great about this podcast, I think for like young people is you were not an everyday drinker. I was, so we're kind of going to hit this from both angles, but the reason that I did drink every day was because I didn't want to feel what you were feeling, um, throughout the week. So like you kind of just put up with that feeling and then would go hard again on the weekend where I just wouldn't really go hard ever, but I never wanted to feel that feeling of the alcohol leaving my system. Totally. So, yeah. I think it's yeah, good that, that we'll talk about both perspectives. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to click on is like, it's so crazy that I was, I was kind of talking about this last week on a TikTok. Sometimes just one night, everything resonates with you and you're like, I'm just going to stop drinking. Like it wasn't a new year's Eve thing. It wasn't a whatever. It's just like, was there anything that, that was there a challenge? Like what, what made you decide that night? Yeah, it was just, um, it was this overwhelming feeling of clarity. I don't really know how else to describe it. Of I really missed myself, 
Like I kept thinking like, I miss that girl that I was during that 30 day break. I missed her so badly that it was really put into perspective of the drinking and me keeping my life the same exact way that it's been for a long time, for years now. Um, it's just not worth it. I, I know that would be the most comfortable thing to do, but I'm going to do the scary thing and I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to put everything I can into this because I'm just curious to see what would happen. And now I'm almost nine months. So I'll be nine months on Saturday. So yeah, it was just a huge moment of clarity. Yeah, that's awesome. I love those moments where where everything kind of has to be right in the universe for those moments to click because me personally, I've, I have ideas all the time and, and I'm always coming up with ideas and like, okay, this would be cool. That would be cool. But for it to really resonate is pretty rare, at, at least to like have something as powerful of, as that, especially in, in a world where drinking is so like everywhere, it's just everywhere to, to think about giving it up is pretty, I hate to use the word dramatic because that's not really, that's not the right word. But as accepted as it is in, in society, it was like a radical dramatic, decision, a radical. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll transition into my story here then. Um, I haven't told my story in forever, actually. So this will be maybe a little rusty. I haven't been on any sobriety podcasts in a bit. So um, yeah, like I just always felt anxious as a kid. That's that's kind of where I would start it because you know what they say, like, you don't really have a drinking problem. Drinking is the the answer to the problem that you you do have. Um, so for me, yeah, I just always felt anxious as a kid. I remember the only time I, I really felt that feeling go away was when I was alone. And I remember being at school, I would feel anxious. I remember just being out in public, I would feel anxious. I always just had this, this angst to me. And I had that all the way from like grade school, middle school, high school, and then I drank in high school for the first time, not at a super, I was maybe 17. So maybe a little behind for small town kids. Um, Cause my, I did go to a high school, a thousand people in the whole town. But uh, yeah, I, I had my first drink and I remember that anxiety going away within like 15 minutes. And that was just a feeling that I had never felt before. Just the way I used to tell people or explain it to people is I would be like, when I'm no, no, if I have three drinks in me that I'm, I'm normal, then that's how I felt. Like I genuinely felt that way. <laughs> like it was a medicine or some shit. So yeah, I, like 17 is when I started and then and I kept it to weekends there for a while. Cause I played sports and all. So I couldn't like really get out of hand with it. Um, when it did start getting out of hand was probably the spring of my senior year when I was able to, you know, basketball was over and I was just kind of winging it till college. And I, I like remember me, remember me and my buddy, we drank on the way to school one day. Like, so we went to high school drunk. Um, and then that's kind of when like my, I started breaking rules, I guess, of, of drinking. So I've always been terrified of public speaking, which nobody really believes because I enjoy doing podcasts and stuff like, but this is one-on-one. -on -one. It's not scary to me. Um, I was always terrified yeah. <laughs> of public speaking. Yeah, way different. So I would, I would drink before the first day of class in college when they ask you to introduce yourself. 
Um, I would come in with like an orange juice and vodka in it. And I would drink before that. Um, anytime I had to give a presentation, I would drink. And those were like, at that time, it didn't make, I never thought about it. I never thought, oh, this is strange. I just thought I'm in college. This is what college kids do. But I also drank every night because that's how I would unwind. Like I couldn't even fathom not having drinks to unwind so I could feel calm and peaceful at night. So the, the, I think for you and I both, the thing that could have got us in trouble, had we be not, how do we not been so self-aware is that nothing was really affected in my life. I still worked out. I still did okay in school or, or work. You know, I was never late for work. None of my friends would ever know, like they knew I drank a lot, but they didn't know any issues that came with it. Um, so I'll fa- you're right. Telling this story in a condensed version is not easy. <laughs> I'll fast forward here. Um, you know, seven years of me drinking every day in a row, like really seven days. And we're talking about a bottle of wine a night. So nothing crazy, you know, nothing too crazy, but that's also a lot at the same time. So I, I just remember being super hungover at the time I was working at Amazon as a deliverer. This is like in 2019, 2020, maybe. And I just was so hung over and I was like, this, I can't keep doing this. Maybe it's because I was getting old. I don't know, but my body was like shutting down and I was feeling so anxious when alcohol wasn't in my system. So I had no other option. Like I felt like I had to slow down or I was just going to burn out. And I remember I was driving by this church and that on the, the sign on the church, it said something about like AA meeting. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go to an AA meeting, but I, I'll listen to a podcast, I guess. So like I just searched on the podcast app and I found Recovery Elevator, which is a great resource if anyone's looking for a resource. And I listened to like 30 podcast episodes in like a week or two. And everyone's story on there just like resonated with me. And a lot of them weren't problem drinkers, like who's the, who's to define what a problem drinker is. But when I think alcoholic, my brain goes to someone just like being trashed every night, late to work, can't do shit, lives on the street, whatever. But I was hearing all these normal people who were like CEOs and VPs of finance and all of this, these successful people who have drinking problems. And that's when I really realized, or it was my eyes were opened up to like, damn, you don't have to your life doesn't have to be a wreck to, to want to quit drinking or to, to have that be the better option for you. So I started like pursuing sobriety and I pretty much failed for like two years. I would go no longer than a week or two um, until like last summer. Yeah. Last July 27th, actually yesterday would have been my sober birthday had I not slipped the fuck up. Uh, but I did that a couple months ago and, and I drank That'll a few times. And I, yeah, that'll be another episode. The relapse Eminem edition. Um, yeah. So slipped up and, and I'm back on it now, but, uh, yeah, like during that, I had 286 days when I slipped up and the, the, towards like the middle to end, the anxiety was just gone. Like, not, not gone, but just so manageable. We'll say manageable. And it's, there's no one can tell me any different. There's a correlation between mental health and drinking alcohol and or sobriety. And that became so clear to me. So I feel like I just talked way too much. I'll, I'll let you try <laughs> if you have anything. 
No, no, that was perfect. I'm glad everyone's kind of seen where you're coming from because yeah, totally different perspectives. But just to go off of that last thing that you were saying, that's really why I wanted to create my profile is because I wanted to shine a light on the fact that my mental health was in such a bad place when I ultimately made this decision. And although sobriety didn't fix everything, it doesn't have the power to do so. It puts me in a spot mentally that I can face these issues and face these problems head on with a clear head. So then I have a fighting chance before I didn't, I didn't have that. I was just confused. And you kind of touched on this when you were saying, you know, you were kind of doing everything right. That's how I felt. I was like, I have a good job. I work out, I go to therapy, I journal, I meditate, like I'm doing all the things, but I still feel awful a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And yeah, I just was not connecting the dots for so long so that when I did, it felt like an epiphany basically, because I was like, this is starting that really negative domino effect that keeps happening every week to weekend. So I don't and know. that's that was that's where like your self-awareness is pretty high because for me it was fairly easy to be like I'm hungover every morning that's that's like where this is coming from but for you to realize why you feel like shit on Tuesday or Wednesday um that's like the sobriety challenge is probably what opened your eyes to that I'm assuming but yeah that's that's like just so kind of ignored is is how much I mean no one I used to love Sunday fun day that was my day I loved Sunday fun day but Monday and Tuesday it was just so it's just crazy in my mind that I ever justified like I guess my life in drinking was a lot of ups and a lot of downs and now I just have a very cool baseline but like you would be a good example of you're a lot more active than me. Like you still do a lot of fun stuff and, and I'm starting to get back into that. I think at first, because, you know, my anxiety was so high and that's why I drank. Like I was very hesitant to, to engage in, in concerts or social events and stuff, but I'm getting back to that now. And it's, it's great. Like concerts are great. Sober. You get to remember it you're not having to go pee all the time. You're not wanting to go get drinks all the time. Like it's great. It's great. Yeah. You're like present actually. And it's so crazy because it's marketed as like this thing that's going to basically enhance whatever you're about to do. But what it's actually doing is it's, it's numbing you to the point where you're not fully present in the moment and you're not fully aware of what's going on. And yeah, I I do want to just mention like, you know, you have to really listen to your body and listen to your, your gut when it comes to kind of getting back into the social life, because I know that, you know, for me, I would say it was, this will kind of 
go into the things that I was expecting when I chose sobriety is I knew I was going to feel isolated at first. And it's because you have to protect your sobriety in the beginning. It needs to be your, you know, the first forefront thing in your brain. Um, so really honoring that and taking the time you will, you know, get comfortable and you will be confident in your sobriety and you'll be able to go to the concerts and the parties and, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but just because it was three months for me, doesn't, you know, it'll, it'll be nine months for some people. It'll be a year for some people. So it just depends, but yeah, that was definitely one of the things that I expected when it came to sobriety was the isolation. And I felt that man, I felt that for what felt like a really long time. Um, but it doesn't last forever. And I want to remind folks of that. Yeah. And that's actually a very good transition into our unexpected benefits of sobriety. Um, because my top one that I have here is I'm actually more social in sobriety than I was when drinking, because for me, drinking was a very isolating event. I didn't really party. Um, that wasn't my style of drinking. I like to unwind on the couch, listening to music, creating music, whatever that might be. I just kind of wanted to isolate or, um, if I was out of the house, I would normally be on like a bumble hinge or tender date and they, we would just drink and get hammered and you can connect with anyone when you're drinking. And I created all these artificial relationships to where, when we would hang out sober, it's like, what? Like we have nothing in common. Um, so yeah, like I, I definitely have become more social, in sobriety because every connection that I make is so genuine. Yeah, that was an unexpected thing for me, for sure. It was one of the things that I wrote down was the friendships that I've built since stopping drinking. I, I, I still have my friends from before and, and they're still my good friends. Um, a lot, I'm talking like my high school friends and a lot of them I actually meant met in elementary school. So obviously we were sober back then, but I just mean, uh, as of really recently, like within the last couple of months, I've been really putting myself out there and going to events that are for sober folks to meet each other. And when you connect with someone and you are stone cold sober, and you just know you vibe with this person and this person's going to be like your homie, like top five best feelings ever, because you know, it's not so much of our social lives in our twenties is like, how do you meet people? You go to a bar, you go to a party, you go to a club. And it's like, why are we starting relationships when we're, when our brains are impaired? Like I, it sounds bizarre to me now. It didn't back then at all. That was just my norm. But now, you know, I have a good like little group of girlfriends that are all sober and we, you know, go to yoga and we do meditations outside and we do um, picnic brunches and it's so it's pure. So, it's so pure and it's so like wholesome. And I didn't realize how much I was missing out on that. Yeah. I love that for you. It's, it's so pure <laughs> 
And, and you, you asked the question, like, written, like not for me to answer, but I'm going to answer it. You said, why do we meet people like inebriated, you know? It's because I think my belief is people are so unconfident in themselves and not comfortable with themselves that they drink and then they can finally feel comfortable with themselves, even though that's actually not them anymore. They're a way stupider version of themselves. But um, And not to talk shit, like everyone, if you want to drink, you can drink. This is just to share my story or her right, story, right, right. like whatever. But um, yeah, like that's why I drank, I, I should say, is like, I wasn't comfortable with myself. I wasn't confident in myself. So if I could have three drinks before I go talk to that girl or whatever, then that makes me feel better about the situation. Even though I'm probably putting my worst self forward. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a huge misconception of like this liquid courage, this liquid confidence. And it's like, no, you're just turning into this version of a person that's kind of you, but not really. And I thought I was being confident, but like, I don't know. Like I look back at like pictures and videos of me when I was drinking and I was like, I'm not proud to be that girl. Like I'm just (laughs) not, I was feeling myself in the moment, but I'm just not. Whereas now I have this like, baseline, everyday, consistent confidence about myself that I've never had before. This is so, okay, talk about unexpected things of sobriety. I didn't realize that I was going to kind of be reintroduced to myself, my, my real self, my raw, authentic, genuine self. And I love her. She's great. (laughs) Like, I want to keep her around as long as possible. Um, so it's crazy. Like it's, if anything, I feel more confident sober than I ever did from a buzz or from being tipsy. Yeah. It's all illusion. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at scientifically, what it does is it's two things. One, it's, it's lowering your heart rate, which makes you feel calm. And then two, it's eliminating any risk or not the risk it's the the anxiety tied to the risk so you can you can ask a drunk person like if you jump off this balcony is there a chance you'll get hurt and they're gonna be like yes they know the risk but they don't care about the the result like the outcome so that's like what it's doing it's it's not that it's giving you confidence just making you way more liable to take risks, which is like a very interesting way to look at it because it's like, Oh shit, I I'm putting myself in, in danger by, by any of these situations. Like I could say something stupid. I could do something stupid. It's, it's a lot of that, but piggybacking off of what you said about like falling in love with yourself kind of relates to what I have here of like, I started to feel things and like really know who Blazik was because so much of drinking is numbing and like numbing, you know, my emotions, numbing my feelings, numbing all of that. So having all of that bubble up and just like getting to know pretty much high school, like the last time I was sober, you know, getting to know that person and what that person thought about and, and almost forgetting how motivated of a person and creative and unique that I am. Like I almost kind of forgot that. And I love that about myself. I love that I'm, you know, open to, to sharing my story or like create a podcast or create, like I, 
I'm, I love that that's in me still because that was me in high school. And so, yeah, like you said, just like learning to love myself again and, and love parts of me that had disappeared. And, you know, I don't have like a sober community here in Kansas city. That's like awesome. You do, but I'm very lucky that I have friends that don't need alcohol to like, like tonight where I have some buddies and we spun a wheel and it landed on spike ball. So tonight we're going to play spike ball, but the, the wheel is just like sober activities that we can go do. And those people are not sober, but it's good to have them in my life. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and, um, love it. I wanted to piggyback off of the motivation part that you brought up because that was one of the things that I wrote down. Um, I love that we just wrote down each, like we can just go back and forth because we're setting each other up on a tee. We yeah. swear this wasn't planned. No. Yeah, I promise. Um, but what I, what I wrote down was I found motivation for things I always meant to do, but never did. And I think it was because when I stopped drinking, I don't know about you, but I just had this like wave of creativity that like came over my brain. I had always wanted to start a business. I have since, you know, since I stopped drinking, I started my Etsy business, which has been great. It's such a good way for me to be creative in like a very artistic way, which I've always been. I just didn't dedicate time to it. Um, and so that has just been amazing. And I'm, I'm so proud of that, that I did that. And Another thing was I always wanted to start creating content, but I just never, I, I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't feel like anyone cared to listen to what I had to say. Um, and if it wasn't for me choosing sobriety, th those two things, 100% would not have happened. And, you know, now I have a, a little following on TikTok and they're just amazing. Like talking to these people are just, it's just, I'm so, th I'm so grateful to, to be a part of this community. And, um, you say a little, I, but imagine giving a speech to 20,000 people and that'll put it in perspective. <laughs> I can't imagine that, but I was just talking to my friend and I was like, that might be the next thing on my to-do list is like, I really want to master, not master, but just get a little bit more comfortable with public speaking. I think that that would be super cool. So yeah, I just, um, another, one other thing also was aside from the Etsy business and then the TikTok was, I, I really began to nurture and rekindle friendships that I really care about and relationships and family members that, you know, I have in my life, but I just wasn't finding the time for them. And that's been so rewarding is kind of reassessing the relationships I had in my life, seeing the ones that are, that I realize are so important to me. And when you stop drinking, you realize you have a lot of free time. And um, I get to fill it with the people that I really want to fill it with. 
I swear to God, look at my last one. <laughs> How much time? Yes. <laughs> With the world's worst handwriting, but yes, time. So much time. Like, eat. it's not the time that you're drinking. It's the time that you were feeling like crap. It's the time you were feeling unmotivated, uncreate, like non-creative. You have so much time to operate at your high frequency. It's hours a day even if you weren't drinking that day, because just the overall feeling and energy and frequency that you're operating at, that I'm operating at, I can only speak for myself, that I'm operating at is so much higher. I mean, I seriously feel like I have an extra four to five hours a day. I'm not even exaggerating because two and a half, three hours would be sitting on the couch drinking. Um, now I might just sit on the couch and watch Netflix now, but that's still time that I get to choose what I do with it. And then time the next day, maybe even more, maybe it's like four hours for the next day. So maybe we're talking like a combined eight hours more per day that I can operate high frequency. I can feel good. I can feel creative. I can do, I can do things like this. Like we're starting a podcast and that's something that takes discipline. It's something that takes time. It's something that takes motivation. Uh, you gotta be present for it. You gotta be into it. And we have the opportunity, you know, like I want to do this one for like selfishly for me, because it's good to hop on here and talk and like some accountability, talk about sobriety, but two, like to help people like this is really the, I've always loved the idea of being able to help others and like have a platform and be able to share a good message on there. And I never thought it would be about sobriety. I thought like, I thought it might be through music at one point. I thought it might be through just like, sharing good vibes or whatever, but like, this is really a niche that needs help. Um, and I think there's a lot of help out there, but I don't know how much help there is for or targeted to younger people, which is like a unique opportunity that I believe we have here to, to kind of dial in on that segment, like that type of, of person. Totally. I don't know how much time we have, but yeah, we got five minutes. You, oh, you okay. have one more. Um, I do, and but I want to be careful with the way that I phrase this. Yeah. Um, so again, like kind of what you keep saying, I can only talk about my experience, but I do have this overwhelming feeling now of optimism that I did not have before it's kind of like what you were just saying about this podcast. I just want to see, I just want to see what happens. Like I, I, I'm, I have this curiosity about me that isn't so negative anymore. I always had curiosity, but it was always like, what bad shit is going to happen to me today? Whereas now when I take on these, you know, new projects and I kind of put myself out there and I make myself vulnerable I'm not seeing it from such a dark light that I was seeing it before. And the reason why I want to be careful saying that is just because, you know, not every day is great. There are some days right. that are so hard and frustrating and lonely and dark, but at least I know when it comes to the sobriety thing is I'm offering the day to be good. I'm giving it a chance to be something good. 
Whereas when I was drinking, I was guaranteeing at least one bad day, if not two, if not three. So I know that, you know, a lot of young people, it's kind of, you have this YOLO mentality and, and I understand that, but what I want people to get out of this is instead of running from the hardships in your life, what would happen if you faced them head on, conquered them and then moved on? What, what would that look like? How would that change your life? And that can benefit anyone at any age. So Drinking I don't want to waste not. any more time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to waste any more time. That's kind of just like the way that I'm seeing it. And some people might have the perspective of I'm wasting away my twenties by not going out and partying, but this is the most alive that I've ever felt in my adult life. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. Like doing hard things is doing easy things is comfortable, but doing hard things is rewarding and it's fulfilling. And those are two very different things. Like pleasure is not like drinking is pleasurable, but not drinking. If, if we have an issue with it and facing that head on, that's fulfilling. And that's a whole nother level of, of pleasure. If you want to call it that, like fulfilling makes you feel alive. Pleasure is temporary and and goes away. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you there. Like whether that's, whether that's something like with drinking or if whether that's something else in your life where you, you know, you, you deal with something that you're, you're terrified of or something that you really struggle with and you use something to numb away, like whether that's apps on your phone, whether that's, um, you know, drinking, whether that's drugs, like you can face it head on and it's going to be harder than a motherfucker. Like it's going to be hard, but you're not. Yeah. It's, it's just a very like, my dog's getting impatient. It's a very intense experience to go through something that you thought you couldn't do and come out the other side. Like that's just a very crazy experience. And we have less than a minute, so I got to wrap this up. Um, appreciate everyone for listening. If you got to the end, then damn, we did, we did good for episode one. If you could leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to and then hit subscribe, that'll run the algorithm up and and help us out, especially in these first few weeks Um, when we're going live, that'll be super helpful. And yeah, appreciate you listening. Any last words? Just thank you. And if you have any topics you want us to talk about, that would be a good, a good comment. Um, But yeah, just catch us over on TikTok. All right, everyone. Appreciate you listening. Peace. Bye.